Welcome back to PuckCast, folks, with Statsman and AJ. That's Rotowire's Fantasy Hockey Show. Hello, friends. I'm Paul Bruno coming to you from Southern Ontario, as always. And you can follow me at Statsman22, my co-host, again, a fixture in the state of Wisconsin. A great follow, AJ Scholes at AJ Scholes 24 And that's very close. He's very close to our Rotowire headquarters over in Madison, Wisconsin, where the magic happens. AJ, we fi- last week uh, we had a bit of a blip in the schedule in terms of a delay, but we also had fun with our guest, uh, Joe Bartnick, who was a fine addition, and he produced a lot of laughs for us during the show. And uh, I think it uh, spurs uh, me on to the, th- the decision that we got to weave in reg- regular guests uh, on, a, on a consistent basis as we go forward because it changed things up a little bit. We went a little bit long in his segment, I'll admit, but th- this week we're back in our bread-and-butter zone with the staples that you're used to hearing in terms of all the moves that you're going to need to know to help you build or uh, or add to your uh, fantasy rosters across the, the slate. So I'll bring you in and we'll talk about the first trade that happened last week. We I speculated that there might be some moves relating to Calgary Flames defense and we saw one. So why don't you break down the trade and uh, we'll we'll move on from there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, pretty much pretty straightforward uh, transaction here uh, when you've got, uh, you know, Nikita Zadorov going to, um, sorry, <laughs> uh, going to uh, Calgary uh, or Vancouver. Yeah, he went to Vancouver. Vancouver. I'm sorry. Leaving Calgary, going to Vancouver right. uh, for some draft picks there. Pretty uh, minimal uh, departure there for, you know, I think, I think both sides get something here. Uh, Flames, third round pick, fifth round pick. It's not a great return. It's not a bad return. You're going to bolster that. Um, Zadorov gets, you know, should get more playtime after the move. That was something he had asked for. Vancouver gets another defenseman, which certainly uh, isn't going to hurt them there uh, either, especially, you know, they lost Carson Soucy. He ended up on long-term IR, six to eight-week injury for him. So they kind of needed some extra bodies there. They're still without Tucker uh, Pullman as another guy. So I think it was a nice pickup kind of all around. Nobody had to break the bank, anything like that. Yeah, I thought it was a necessity breeding the the need for the deal myself too. And there was other bidders. I know in Toronto, they were trying to get not only Zadorov, but also another defenseman out of of the situation there. So – the, the situation in Toronto is that they're missing three defensemen from their roster. They have to make a move too. And so I think, I don't think we're going to see the last, the last of these dominoes for a while. It's going to continue around the league and uh, we might see a bit of a flurry of activity because there's a lot of key defensemen that are out across the board. We'll touch on a few others today, but this trade was also set up by another deal earlier in the week as Vancouver dealt Anthony Bovillier uh, for a fifth round pick, uh, to Chicago on November the 28th. That created the cap space to bring in Zadorov and really fill the need that Vancouver identified. Clearly, they recognize they're going to be a contending team this year, and uh, other contending teams are going to need to follow suit, AJ, because as I said, there's a spate of injuries across the blue lines in the NHL that uh, makes this uh, probability uh, very likely. In uh, another deal that sh- kind of shakes up the Atlantic Division a little bit, Patrick Kane is signing on with the Detroit Red Wings. He has yet to make his debut, but we'll see it later this week. He signed on for $2.75 million for the balance of this season, and uh, I think it really validates Detroit's position as a true contending team in that division. They're off to a fine start. What say you about the Patrick Kane signing and certainly the fact that Alex Brinkat is over there and they had Magic in Chicago together? I think that played a role, in my opinion. Any further thoughts on the Kane signing? 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's really, it's not that pricey. I mean, especially when you look at his last contract that was at 10 and a half uh, mil a year to get him for 2.7 uh, it is really good if he's, you know, if he's anywhere near kind of his numbers from last season, which I certainly think he could be 45 points in 54 games uh, before making the move to the Rangers, added another 12 in 19 games there, you know, just under a point per game pace. That's well worth 2.75 million. And look, you're, there's no risk to Detroit here. If it doesn't work out, you don't resign him. Not a big deal. Um, if it does, they've got the inside track on potentially, you know, re-upping him for uh, for a couple, you know, a couple future years. So I think it's a, a good signing, low cost, low risk, uh, and a good move. AJ, as always, we're rotating through the four divisions on a weekly basis, taking a bit of a snapshot on where are they now and uh, some interesting developments in the middle of the pack in uh, the central division. The top of the pack is uh, cer cer certainly what we expected in Colorado and Dallas duking it out, but right behind them, Winnipeg and Arizona and St. Louis, all three can be named surprises for the fact that they're right there in the mix early on in the season. What say you about uh, the three teams? I'll, uh, let's start talking about Winnipeg, Arizona, and St. Louis a little bit before we move back to the top of the ladder here. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Arizona is on a tremendous run right now. They've had um, five straight wins. Uh, I think that's, you know, pretty much uh, that's top of the league right now in terms of current win streaks. Uh, they have been really touting the fact uh, through kind of a quirk of the schedule that those five wins have come against the five most recent Stanley Cup champions. So they've been uh, pushing that narrative pretty heavily there. Uh, so, but it's a sign of, of where they are as a team that they're actually making some progress. Um, I, you know, and I think they, Winnipeg is kind of a weird team right now. Sometimes they look really good. Sometimes they look pretty bad. Uh, so I think they're in danger of losing that third spot. If, if I had to pick, which of those three teams would compete there. Uh, I absolutely would take Arizona right now. I know Winnipeg's got the slight lead in terms of points. Uh, I'm not sold on the blues. They, the inconsistencies are still there. There's a lot of problems with the lineup in terms of depth. Um, so I, 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 while they're playing well, I think they're not really going to be a factor. Maybe they'll challenge for a wild card, but the, the Pacific is pretty good right now. Um, they may not be able to get in uh, if, you know, if, if Edmonton starts figuring things out, if Calgary can kind of get back on track a little bit, it could make it really hard for the Blues to make the playoffs. So of those three teams, I think Arizona's the one I'm most likely at this point to think will finish in the top three. I think you can easily make a case for all three of those teams. Certainly Winnipeg's leadership, uh, the young guns uh, that drive, have driven this offense for years are getting a little bit older now, but they're still producing. And they signed Nito Niederreiter. Finally looks like he's found a home there fitting in uh, and really solidifying the top six here. That's what the one thing that I like. The depth on defense is something also to be impressed by. And in net, of course, they've got Connor Hellebuck. In Arizona, uh, again, it's the young players that have really, some of them really taken the next step in their development. They're getting tremendous goaltending from Connor Ingram, who was kind of past uh, Vimelka and uh, grabbed onto the top role there. 
and a bit of a surprise that we didn't foresee, but uh, good for them that they have two goalies that they can really count on, and that might be that something that uh, weighs heavily in their favor. And then St. Louis, I kind of disagree with you a little bit, just because I, I have a lot of faith in some of the older players that they have, particularly on the blue line, that make, maybe ha- make them have the best defense of the three of those teams going forward. And Jordan Bennington's kind of turned things around a little bit and getting them, giving them better goaltending. And then his backup, Hofer, has, has also uh, done the job when he's been called upon. So I think it's going to be a real good three-horse race. And, and, you know, the first five teams in this division are only separated by five points, which is uh, something I didn't we didn't expect. And maybe by the end of the year, Dallas and Colorado will pull away. But uh, the bottom of the division, certainly they were – they are who we thought they were, Nashville, Minnesota, and Chicago, all flawed clubs. And I think they're all going to be high in the lottery uh, when the draft lottery rolls around uh, a year from now. So that's our snapshot of the Central Division. We're going to get back into the the groove of telling you who are the most produ- productive players this week, the players most added and most dropped, and why in some cases. And then we'll finish up with a DFS segment to send you off ahead of tonight's nine, eight game slate. So uh, without further ado, AJ, why don't we take a look at some of the week's hottest players? I know certainly they're more among the more highly owned, but there's a couple of surprises in there too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, starting at the top, uh, Jack Hughes leading the way, uh, tremendous week, you know, un- unsurprisingly a hundred percent owned across, across leagues, but seven points in three games, a really strong, strong performance by him. Uh, one player, you know, you gotta, sometimes you're a little surprised when we pull this up, uh, when you're just looking at the goals and assists column, right? So Matthew Barzell played just two games this week, had seven points, would have expected him to be uh, in the top 10 for this last week. That was not the case. And when you look at the rest of the stat line, just five shots uh, compared to Hughes had seven points and, and 24 shots. So Obviously, if you are in a point, there are points leagues out there that are just goals and assists, uh, then you don't care, right? Matthew Barzell, five shots, who cares if you're just looking for those goals and assists or your point uh, totals are so skewed that the uh, the seven points really factors in. Um, two of those points for him, both uh, two of the assists came on the power play. So that's another factor. But the lack of shots, at least in the, the scoring format we're looking at, has him outside of the top 10 in terms of fantasy points. Uh, and it's just kind of an interesting, uh, interesting twist there. Caught my eye. Paul, I'll kick it to you real quick. Anything else that caught your eye immediately? Well, in, we're looking at a team like Washington. They're certainly all about counting Ovechkin goals or lack of goals so far this season. That's the big storyline in the nation's capital in the States. But Tom Wilson is riding shotgun there. And he had a fine week himself. Four goals on the ledger, 16 shots on goal, nine hits. He's all about the physical play. And you know how I love those physical wingers. But he is a guy who routinely has scored on a consistent basis when things are going well in Washington on that top line. He rides shotgun with Ovi, and he's the one that's putting the puck in the net right now. So maybe worth a look as he's only owned in 51% of leagues out there and uh, was a top producer this past week. Another guy that is almost a almost universally owned, but I, I will mention him anyway, is Carter Verhage because of the, the uh, roster flexibility he brings you in many of the Yahoo leagues. He, he is listed as a center and a winger. And I find that that's a real advantage, AJ, when you can move a player around on your roster and he's producing on a regular basis. He added three goals and two helpers last week on 17 shots 
in four games played, owned in 93% of leagues. So there's a handful of leagues out there where you can still add him. But I just like to point out some of these multi-position guys. Boone Jenner is another guy that fits that mold a little bit further down the list and a lot more available when he consider he's owned in 72% of leagues out there. And he's producing a, as a top six player on a team that's not among the, the league's flag, flagship clubs, but consistent production from a guy who gets to play uh, regular minutes with the likes of Liney and Johnny Hockey, particularly on the power play there, uh, is got to be a good situation to help a lot of people who are looking for more scoring on their depth charts. And, you know, in keeping with that theme, AJ, there's a trio of, of more three or four more center winger guys uh, that are producing. I mean, and two of them are on clubs that we didn't highlight too strongly at the beginning of the season, but certainly you mentioned Arizona's pulling it to, together right now. And Alex Kerfoot, former Maple Leaf, listed as a two-position guy. He's been used to playing top six minutes, even uh, with the Leafs. So he's bringing that experience to the to the Coyotes. And a uh, strong two-way player, only owning 2% of leagues out there. But getting this look right now in a top six situation, six points on the ledger last week. He's not going to get six points every week, but maybe riding the hot player is something that you, we might recommend. And in San Jose, they're not the tire fire we, we thought they were in the first couple of weeks of the season. They're winning a few more games, uh, more more of a 500 club in the last three weeks. And uh, Granlin is a big reason why. He produced five points last week. Again, 14 shots in four games for a two-position player, only owned in 9% of leagues out there. So maybe maybe I take off that massive red X that I put over this lineup at the beginning of the season to unveil a couple of guys like Granlund. And don't forget, Logan Couture is around the corner to come back for this club too. So maybe the, the worst is behind this club. They're not going to be a playoff team, but maybe there is some way to salvage your, your fantasy seasons by looking at some of these guys as well. Well, Paul, before we jump into the defenseman, and I'll lead us off there, I do want to point out, you mentioned Boone Jenner, um, and this is just another you know word of warning, word of caution out there. Check your scoring settings based on what we're saying here, right? Like for us, Boone Jenner, really good week based on that. But some leagues uh, don't use hits. Don't use hits as a category, so that would be a factor. Um, some leagues, if you're in a rotisserie league and you need some extra hits, Boone Jenner would be – a great option there for you, especially because he's producing offensively and adding hits. Uh, so just make sure you're checking your, your leagues because, um, you know, some of the guys we might recommend are, are good in some formats, maybe not so good in others. So just something to, to keep an eye on there in terms of defensemen. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, the New York Islanders are a team that maybe has fallen under the radar a little bit. Noah Dobson here comes in, uh, Really good week. Five assists, two of them with the man advantage, 10 blocks along the way. The rest of the kind of the top five is names we would generally expect to be there. Charlie McAvoy led the way, uh, four assists, three of those with the man advantage. So really kind of driving that um, four games played for him as well. Maurice Sider, uh, four points, again, three on the power play. So, you know, that's another key. If, if your format values power play points maybe just a little versus some formats I've seen out there that are really crazy highly value the power play points almost as much as the original point itself um, you know it's important to know where these points are coming from and to again just check those scoring settings 
And uh, we we want to talk a little bit about the New York Rangers too, AJ. This team is emerging as one of the powers of the Eastern Conference again. And Jake Truba is their captain and leader, and he's doing it at both ends of the ice. You mentioned about the value of blocks. He brings that to the table with 12 last week in, in four games played, six hits and six shots on goal, as well as his four points, playing over 23 minutes a game on a team that's going to get their share of goals. He might be a worthwhile pickup to be a depth defenseman on your fantasy rosters because he's going to get points by osmosis from this deep offensive lineup too. Jake Wallman uh, made some headlines because of his performance of the gritty after he scored an overtime winning goal, but that's not the only value that he brings to the table as a good dancer in Detroit. He's had a fine start to his season, AJ, and maybe eclipsing a little bit of the, of the Moritz Sider uh, feelings he's a very solid running mate in terms of the depth chart on the D- Detroit blue line four points last week just consistent production throughout the early part of the season yet he's only owned in 31 percent of leagues out there should be very highly sought after in my opinion in fantasy leagues everywhere because of the value that he's brought to the table consistently throughout this season uh tip of the cap to Alex Petrangelo in the face of several other injuries on the Vegas blue line the the captain of with one of the leaders of this club and not the captain but one of the leaders of this club definitely pulling his end of the rope almost 25 minutes a game forced with a heavy workload as i mentioned because of the aforementioned issue on the blue line there uh, but he's doing it nine shots on goal as well as the two two assists last week 13 blocks as well he's routinely among the league leaders in, in terms of block shots and when you consider the value that he brings as a scoring defenseman that's quite a coupling that not too many can equate okay andre miller another one of those new york rangers defensemen that's worth a, a nod to aj only owned in 49 percent of leagues out there another guy that's a big man eater and coming into his own with 22 minutes of playing time every night two goals and one helper last week and again another guy who helps across the board with hits and block shots on a weekly basis what about other defensemen that you might like to highlight before we move on. Yeah, we're just, uh, you know, cautionary tale here. Josh Manson uh, is is in the top 15 here, had two points uh, in, in two games or in four games this last week. So you might see him up there on, you know, the list of, of guys that have produced for this last week. Just important to note, those are his, you know, second and third points of the season. Uh, if you need hits, he's certainly dishing, dishing out those. If you're in a very deep format that needs hits, maybe needs blocks, he's been doing a lot of that lately. Um, but overall, I wouldn't be banking on that offensive production to continue. Uh, you know, his minutes are right around 18. So it's not like he's a big minute eater for Colorado, even though you know technically we have him on the top pairing with, with Devin Taves there. But that's also because Cal McCarr, uh, had picked up an injury, didn't play uh, on Sunday. No real update on him. We'll talk about more uh, injuries a little bit later. But uh, important to just note those numbers for Manson, a little bit inflated. I would leave him off uh, your list of guys to add this week. AJ, I'll take us into the goalies. And I mentioned off the top, Connor Ingram has really taken the, the, the lead role in Arizona. You mentioned the hot streak that they're on. He receded for three of the five wins in the past winning streak that they have allowing a total of only five goals against and only owned in 59 percent of leagues out there he's getting snapped up though because people are seeing what he's doing and if you have a chance by all means you need to grab this guy to fill out your goalie depth because he's not hurting you at all at the moment and the ditto the same thing can be said for joseph wall who looks like he's uh, surpassed Ilya samsonov to take uh, the role in toronto a team that is getting uh, 
better record. Six wins, one loss, and two overtime losses in the last nine outings for the Leafs. And uh, Wall has been front and center for most of that. And picking up two wins in his three starts last week, 50.8 fantasy points, making the second best behind Ingram. And he's only owned in 72% of uh, leagues. When you get a chance to get a goalie from a top team who's playing right now, that's vital. So a uh, key pick up there because the whole host of others in the top 10 are all 90 to 95%, 99% owned. When you come to the next guy that might be of interest, it's Anton Forsberg for Ottawa. This is an interesting situation, AJ, because Ottawa is one of those teams that trails the league in terms of games played. So uh, you might be in for several weeks where you got Ottawa playing four games in a week, and Forsberg isn't a one-two situation that's pretty equal, but still you can see him getting a couple of starts, and the ownership's only at 5%, so it's worth mentioning his possibilities for your fantasy roster as well. I'll throw it to you to highlight some other players back here. Well, it uh, you know it depends on uh, again what you need. Tristan Jari, really good numbers the last three games. Plenty of saves, minimal goals allowed, just eight goals allowed in the last three games. But only picked up one win because uh, the rest of the team is kind of letting them down. They had two overtime losses uh, recently. So uh, if you you know if you're one of these leagues that's five, seven, ten points for a win, maybe not your guy. But uh, if you know goals against are a factor. Certainly somebody to consider there. Uh, Jeremy Swayman, another another guy at the top of this list here. You know, they're continuing to to shuffle things around. He did get an extra start in there, but it didn't go so well. So I think they're going to go back to just doing every other, I would imagine, uh, moving forward. That kind of multi-start thing hasn't worked out super well. Uh, when they've done that, it does appear that Swayman's gotten a little bit more of the work when they when they do that. But overall, I think he's still worth uh, having on your roster, still worth picking up. Mackenzie Blackwood, another name that we've talked about multiple times because the ownership is low, but the starts are they're frequent. Um, so, you know, but the wins also aren't there. Just one win in his last eight games, 3.40 is the goals against average. I think. Still, though, with the number of stars he's getting, he makes sense as like a third, the third netminder on your roster, right? If you've got two starters, you have Blackwood so that, you know, you can pop them in if you need them, uh, if the schedule works out that way. I think it's worth having a guy like that. Um, he should be available in most leagues, uh, you know, like I said, 15%. So somebody to consider there as like a third option for you on a week-to-week basis. AJ, there's a couple of situations in the net where the teams just can't seem to settle on who should be the starter. I'm talking about the Washington Capitals and New Jersey Devils. Darcy Kemper got three of the four starts last week after Charlie Lindgren went on quite a run, and Lindgren only got one start. So you got to wonder what they're doing. And then with the goaltending situation, Lindgren seems to me like he should be the goaltending option of the future there. But they've got a lot of money sunk into Kemper, and they need some to find some wins, wins. so it probably is going to be a win and you're in, you stay in kind of a situation over there. And I don't think it's much different in New Jersey where Akira Schmidt seems to be getting more of the starts now uh, in that situation. And he uh, receded for three starts in the, over Vanacek last week and uh, got two wins there. Uh, Akira Schmidt's only only 28% of leagues. Certainly, we got to touch on the injury situation that has bitten uh, bitten the Devils, uh, particularly their ace defenseman, Dougie Hamilton, sidelined with a torn pec muscle, and he'll be out indefinitely, and that's impacting the situation there as well. In Edmonton, the 
the fact of the matter is that they're not getting quality goaltending still, and Stuart Skinner's the best of a bad lot. The team has turned their fortunes around, so maybe people are looking at him again just to be there as a backstop while the offense takes care of business up front. You're still going to get your goalie wins, and he's going to be in there for a lot of shots against. So uh, maybe there's some more value there, but I wonder if Jack Campbell is having a pretty good run in the minors of late. We'll be back soon to challenge him. So a bit of a cautionary tale in that situation. And finally, John Gibson in Anaheim, considered the, one of the workhorses in the league, still getting a lot of starts, but only 47% owned. They have a bit of a trouble spot in terms of injuries at the center position right now that are impacting their overall, overall performance. But when they get those guys back, this is another team that has a profile similar to, to uh, Arizona for me when they have all hands on deck. So might be a bit of a futures play there to take a shot at John Gibson if you're, you're desperate for finding a goal. He's going to be a workhorse and receiver for his share of wins, AJ. What about the most added players, partner? Why don't you take us through uh, some of the players that really are people are taking a look at? We've talked about a few of them. Connor Ingram is at the top of the list. His ownership spiked by 23%, but there's a whole host of others that are gathering a lot of interest right now. Yeah, I think, you know, a little bit surprised to see uh, Charlie Coyle on the the list of, uh, you know, guys not not heavily owned. His production on the year uh, has been pretty good. In fact, uh, you know, that, you know, there must be some sort of lag here because he's actually only got one assist in his last four games. So if you look at that, maybe he's going to be on the most dropped list uh, next week, Paul, just because <laughs> of that. Um, but overall, like a really good season. 20 points in 24 games. So a little surprised to see that he's, you know, about fit, owned in about 50% of leagues. Unsurprisingly, Patrick Kane, huge jump. Uh, you know, if you're in a league where you can't necessarily, you know, stash guys away, um, you know, that's, that one explains itself. Um, another name on here that we've talked about, Jonathan Quick continues to kind of creep up. We've talked about him before. Uh, so that's that's a good opportunity. I don't, uh, AJ. I'm going to stop there for a second to talk about quick situation. I don't don't quite get why the uh, the spike here because he's behind Ilya Shesterkin, who's still going to get the lion's share of the goaltending. Uh, quick is not there to start 40 games this year, so I think that's a bit of a an error in judgment for people looking for their goalie solutions. We've highlighted a whole bunch of others. I don't think he should be rated that high. Uh, I mean, he hasn't lost in regulation, so true, there's something to be said for that. He's going to score start 25 games, though, this year. And if that's what you're looking for, God bless you. But I think there's other options that we've talked, covered that make more sense in terms of the frequency that they're going to show up. That's that's the only point I want to make. Yeah, I think it comes down to, you know, how deep your league is, uh, what your option, other options are out there. I mean, I've... Um, I've gone back and forth. I had Blackwood. Then I picked up Jake Allen. Allen hasn't really played at all. I think I'm back to picking up Blackwood again. Like I, I quick, I think was available in my league. I, and I certainly thought about it. The goals against average is a little high in those games, but he's winning. Um, so, I what mean, about, yeah. what, about, what about a guy like Uka Pekka Lukanen though? I'm looking at him. His, he's a little further down the list. His ownership's only 14.6%. They've had their issues with Devin Levy. And uh, Eric Comrie's not the answer. So I think Lukanen is a guy with, with more runway than, than Quick. And yet his ownership is only at 14% so far this year. Nobody trusts the Sabres, I think, is the, the issue there. I mean, yeah. um, I, I think it just comes down to that. I'd rather trust the Rangers to win a game than the Sabres. True. But he's going to no. play maybe twice as many games. That's, that's what I'm looking at uh, as well. 
J.J. Paterka in Buffalo is a guy who's caught fire, uh, speaking of the Sabres, and his ownership is still very low, but he's a guy who is currently wavering between second and third line minutes on a team that's starting for offense with uh, Tage Thompson out of the lineup. Paterka's delivering the goods right now, and that's why he's spiked a little bit, A.J. I mentioned Tom Wilson. His ownership's still only 27% on the year, despite the fact that he's caught fire as well. Uh, I interrupted you, so I'll let you find a couple other names on this list that uh, you might like to add oh no worries uh one name that's just starting to creep up a little bit is casey middlestat uh five uh five percent increase his numbers haven't necessarily been like huge but uh breaking news sort of uh tage thompson is expected to play tonight and tage thompson will be on middlestat's wing at least to start so i think that should help bolster casey middlestat's numbers so if he's available uh, that's one player I would dive in and try and get get a share of right away um, if that's an option. Similarly, uh, you know, depending on how things shake up, it looks like it'll be to bring Cat with Kane, but Lucas Raymond could see more opportunities or at least better matchups. Um, you know, going up against different different line combos because other teams are focusing on Patrick Kane. Uh, so something to watch there. What is Lucas Raymond's deployment once Kane starts playing in games? Then I mentioned the Ottawa Senators trailing the league in terms of games played. They got a shot in the arm with the return of Thomas Shabbat on their blue line. And it wasn't too long ago that he was the only bit of good news on that blue line in terms of an offensive option. They've added a couple of other guys. So maybe that's why maybe the interest is not so high in him. He's only owned in 67% of leagues where that figure was upwards of 90 in prior years but still worth a look for a guy who's going to play almost 25 games a night on a regular basis on a team that's a little bit more improved uh, than uh, in the past. And uh, they have a pretty potent looking power play that he'll be involved with. Maybe not as the primary option on the blue line, but definitely he will get to see his minutes there. So there's a whole host of players out there, folks, more than ever, I, I can say that uh, can help you improve your lot, particularly in the goaltending situation and the all-important blue line. We highlighted the fact that the, we tipped our hand that there are a number of key injuries on the back end that we have reported on, and we'll continue to highlight more. But uh, we'll take a break right now. You're listening to the podcast with Statsman and AJ, and uh, we'll be back right after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome you back to the podcast and thank you for your continuing uh, support of our show. By the way, we're getting good numbers in terms of listenership. And we encourage you to share our story with friends who are in the uh, fantasy hockey world. And uh, at this point now, we turn into a key uh, part of the episode every week where we highlight injury news and player drops. And, and then ahead of that, and then uh, after that, we'll have DFS strategy and our recommendations for your lineups out of Tuesday's eight-game schedule. AJ, why don't you take us through some of the key injury news that we have yet to talk about? Well, the biggest one I kind of tipped off the top, uh, Taze Thompson going to return to the lineup tonight. Uh, that's big news there. Uh, if you're looking at Buffalo Sabres goalies, uh, Uka Pekka Lukanen is actually ill, uh, won't get the start tonight. Um, so just something to consider uh, with that as well. Uh, Alex Tuck sticking with Buffalo, looking like he'll be out seven to 10 days. Uh, so, uh, you know, a week or so there, uh, actually same news for Jordan Greenway as well. Also set to miss seven to 10 days, which is a huge blow for him. He had just previously missed three games, comes back. Now he's injured again. So, uh, some struggles injury wise on, on the Buffalo front, uh, for sure. Uh, Jane Schwartz is on IR, uh, he'll be out for, for about six weeks, it's looking at. That's a pretty big hit there. Uh, obviously, uh, Aiden Hill being hurt. He'll miss the next two games minimal as they go on a road trip. Uh, he won't be with them for that road trip. So a uh, couple of kind of bigger names, uh, starting guys that, that won't be an option right now. And AJ, we talked about Dougie Hamilton being out of the lineup for New Jersey. Torn pectoral muscle there. We're, we're not sure how long his timeline is going to be, but it's got to be, I, I got to believe it's at least a month or two, uh, wouldn't you? And then that mean, means who the heck is going to be the power play quarterback? They may turn to uh, a sibling of Jack Hughes. Luke Hughes seems to be getting the inside track, the first look at the power play uh, quarterback situation there. So a bit of value might be uh, on Luke Hughes' profile in the next little while. Uh, Alex Carrier, another defenseman who is out of the lineup uh, in the league, Nashville blue liner. He's got an upper body injury out week to week. So consider Nashville in, in on the lookout for another one of these uh, defensemen that might, might be dangled. Mentioned that uh, in Vegas, they've got 
Martinez and Shea Theodore both out. Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore both out with uh, on the IR at the moment. So you got to think Vegas might be on the lookout there because right now they're a little thin on the blue line and they're taxing their top guy, as I mentioned, Mark, uh, is Pietrangelo's playing a ton over there, so they might need some relief for him. Uh, mentioned the goalie situation in Toronto. Ilya Samsonov has been a bit of a forgotten man. He hasn't played very much in the last week and a half for the Leafs, and his ownership has dropped 5%. I think he's still got a battle for, for the role in, in Leafland, and uh, again, a team that is on a bit of a nice winning streak right now, so if he turns it around, maybe, maybe there's going to be a spike in his ownership too. Matt Duchesne has fit in very nicely for Dallas in fits and starts, and he's going through a bit of a dry spell. But I trust him more than most of the fantasy owners out there to be a contributor for a top team going down the rest of the second half of the season. So people that jumped off and now his ownership is only at 40%. That represents an opportunity for me to, to other people to jump on board. Ditto for Vitek Vita Vanacek, who is the top goalie of record in my mind in, in uh, New Jersey, despite the fact that Akira Schmidt is playing very well. Vanacek's seen his ownership drop this past week by 6.85%. And uh, I, I think don't jump off that too quickly because New Jersey still will be heard from before the end of this season. Mentioned Devin Levy in Buffalo. Uh, dropping his ownership is dropped to single, almost single digits. And that's because he's facing a, faced a stint in the minors most recently and has to get his game together. So uh, opens the door for Okapekalokan. And like I said before, in terms of other injury news, Arizona's playing well, but they're doing it without one of their guys who's been an unsung hero for them. Travis Boyd is playing very, has played very well for them right uh, to start the season, but upper body injury keeping out for, it looks week to week right now, so a bit of a serious blow to them. Uh, similarly, in Montreal, Alex Newhook with a high ankle sprain. This guy was brought in to boost the offense and hadn't really done a fantastic job, but they're going to be without him for 10 or 12 weeks, leaving an, another vacancy in that uh, in that lineup that they can afford the rangers are are uh, a rising tide right now but they're doing it with a couple of guys that young guns that were supposed to be taking that next step here and they really hadn't philip teetle and capo caco both sidelined with uh, a lower body and upper body respectively and on ltir so we won't see either one for a while and uh, that'll challenge the rangers ability to keep playing at the high level that they are right now. AJ, to close out this segment, any other thoughts on some injury news? Yeah, I'll just add, uh, coming across uh, fresh news here as well, Jacob Markstrom, who uh, suffered a hand injury in practice, uh, confirmed fractured finger in his week-to-week. No surgery required, so good news, bad news on that one. Uh, Dustin Wolf will come up from the minors, but expect uh, Dan Vladder to see the bulk of the starts uh, for Calgary for the time being, that's a big blow for them, uh, even missing marks from a week. But I would guess probably a little bit more than that. Um, but again, the, the diagnosis is week to week with a fractured finger. And then to close it out, another mention of another goalie situation in Vegas. They're going to be without Aiden Hill for a couple of games on this current road trip. So they'll be turning their attention to backups in that circumstance. And that means that we're going to see the likes of Logan Thompson getting the role, but Yuri Patera is called up to be his backup. So look for Thompson to hold the fort in the meantime in Vegas. AJ, uh, we're back to where we uh, take a look at the eight-game schedule on tonight's uh, docket uh, ahead uh, of us. The DFS strategy that you employ for DraftKings will look like what? Yeah, for me, going to do a little bit of uh, 
again, same kind of strategy. A couple of mini stacks here on some teams. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a, a Buffalo take off the top here. Uh, I know it's risky because he's just coming back from injury, but I like Tage Thompson. I'm willing to pay up 7200 for him. Uh, he actually comes in on DraftKings as a center. So interestingly enough, both of my centers are going to be from Buffalo, but they're actually playing on the same line. Tage Thompson will be on the wing of Casey Middlestat. I mentioned Middlestat before. 4,400. So a real nice high low. It's a home matchup against Detroit, uh, a, a winnable game for them. We could see some production there. So I really like uh, taking the risk uh, and going to H. Thompson. I would guess his drafted percentage is going to be pretty low tonight. Um, less people willing to take the risk. So in a big field uh, contest, I think it's worth a shot there. In terms of the, the wings, I start off by paying high for Chris Kreider. Again, Ottawa uh, struggling as per usual. The Rangers are rolling. I think it's a good opportunity to use them. 7000 is the price tag for him. So then I had to go low, save some money. Quinton Byfield for the uh, for the LA Kings, they've got a fantastic matchup playing Columbus tonight. Byfield actually coming in at just 4400 right now. He's got points uh, in all but one uh, – I'm sorry, in uh, – 10 of his last 13 games. Uh, so he's producing at a high level. The shots on goal is uh, pretty nice there as well. So at 4,400, I think that's a steal. Similar matchup uh, option here. Anders Lee for the Islanders comes in at a mere 3,200. They're at home against the Sharks. He's going to play top line minutes. And he's actually got points in five of their last six games, including a power play goal. So there's power play minutes to be had there as well. Uh, so just a good combination of, of guys here, um, including my utility spot. I know I said a couple of weeks ago, I don't do this that often, but I'm doing it again. So obviously maybe I do it more than I think I do, but <laughs> including utility, I'm going to use three defensemen tonight, all of them coming in under 5,500, uh, starting with Adam Fox. I talked about the matchup here with, with Ottawa for, for the Rangers. Fox is a key piece to everything they're doing on the ice has looked really good Four assists in three games since returning from injury, two of those with the man advantage. Maurice Sider, I talked about off the top of the show, really good form. Uh, he comes in at 5,300, which is a steal compared to the top of the, the defenseman board tonight. And then Seth Jones for Chicago, um, taking a bit of a flyer on him. 4,700 is the price tag. But if you look at all defensemen over the last week, uh, he's – right up there near the top in terms of shots on goal. Uh, hasn't translated into a ton of points, just one assist in his last five games, but 17 shots. So I like the matchup with Nashville. Chicago's playing at home. Uh, I think there could be an opportunity here. He gets power play time. Maybe he picks something up. So those going three defensemen across the, the back there. Uh, and then looking at the odds for tonight, uh, obviously your biggest favorites are, are the teams you expect. Uh, you've got um, the Islanders because they're playing the Sharks are one of the big favorites tonight. Colorado playing the Ducks is, is another big favorite. So I went to the third so that I wasn't paying quite the premium. And that's Cam Talbot for the LA Kings. Now we don't have a confirmation of the netminder right now over on rotowire.com. But I'm okay with Cam Talbot or Phoenix Copley 
going up against Columbus, I think it's a good opportunity to use them and you're getting just slightly less than you would if you paid up for those other two netminders. Well, AJ, I used a similar line of thinking and we have a couple of players in common. So I'll touch on the price tags because one is a very different. One is very similar in my lineup. Uh, I started off with the New York Rangers center, uh, Mika Zibanejad. He has had a bit of a slow start to his season, but he's picked it up and now playing like the first line center that he, he has been all through his career. Six game point streak ahead of the game in Ottawa. So uh, against Ottawa for the blue shirts that He's coming in at $6,700, so I'll, I think there's good value there. But I went heavy on the L.A. Kings game against Columbus for reasons that you already described. Anze Kopitar, $7,400. He's playing at a point-per-game pace, uh, certainly one of the best two-way centers in the game still. And uh, the offensive side is really kicking in, and he's on pace for one of the better years of even his career. And they flanked by Quinton Byfield. That's one of the guys that we had in common. AJ, you mentioned his price tag, 4400 on your side. It's 5800 on mine. But I couldn't overlook a guy who's playing the top-line wing position and has five points in his last six games, along with that tasty matchup ahead of him. Lucas Raymond is a guy you talked about earlier in the show. I bought into him for $6,400 against Buffalo. And his points, he has a point-per-game pace in his last nine games played and a solid three shots on goal per game ratio throughout the season so far for him at least in the last month, I should say. So I like what's going on for him and the Red Wings right now, and uh, they should take the measure of the Sabres in a key battleground uh, tonight. And uh, Colorado versus visit to Anaheim, I'm looking at this game a little bit differently than most. Some of my might look at it and say it's a point night in, in store for Colorado. I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle. I think it's the Anaheim Ducks' only way to keep this thing close, and so I'm counting on them to really uh, play kitty bar to the door and uh, not trade chances with the high-octane club. But that said, I still like Devin Taves uh, as a blue liner of, of influence tonight. $5,500 for a guy who rides shotgun with Makar, but now that he's a bit, a bit banged up, his, Taves' role increases and might become the power play linchpin of record in tonight's matchup. You mentioned Moritz Sider having a fine year with Detroit. And he's got a lot more support than he has had in the last couple of seasons to boost that value. His price tag is 5,200 on my end, whereas it was 53 on yours. And uh, I think he takes advantage of the matchup that he has against the Sabres tonight as well. And uh, then I went for my utility guys. I got look at Vancouver against New Jersey. That should be a pretty good tilt. I mean, uh, the devil's a little bit banged up without... Dougie Hamilton on the back end. I think this could be a bit of a track meet. And Mikhaev is a guy who has been playing well, well enough on the top line with Elias Pettersson. And he, yet he only cost $5,100 tonight, picking up four points in his last five games. Round out the offensive portion of my lineup with a $5,000 spend on Nico Heischer, who's only played 11 games so far this year, AJ, but still a, a nice one-two punch at center for New Jersey. Gives him a shot tonight. And I think I like the way he heads into this game with five points in his last four games played. Uh, dampened price tag on on a guy who fits in on a pretty high-octane power play and a pretty good uh, deep top six there as well. In the Nets, I went for one of the mismatches that you highlighted and looking for Georgiev to limit the goals against, maybe even pick up the goose egg tonight against Anaheim. So I don't mind spending $7,900 on him to round up my squad just because of the high win probability. And, you know, you might just say, well, we don't know who's in net for Colorado yet, but I don't care who's in net. It could be you, and I would still pay $7,900 in that matchup with the likelihood of a shutout here tonight for, for the home side. So that's the way I see it tonight. And uh, 
unless you have any thoughts on the starting goaltender that I picked, we can dive into final thoughts, AJ. No, I think it uh, think it looks good. Georgiev, a uh, little more expensive on DraftKings, which is why I didn't want to pay up for him. But uh, if he had been cheaper, I, if he'd been 7,900, I'd have taken him. But uh, over on DraftKings, Georgiev's the most expensive uh, netminder on the slate at 8,500. So wow. I had to go a different route. All right. And well, and that's a nice lead into the final thoughts segment of our show, AJ, where I uh, just came across the wires last night, a projection of the new salary cap for next season will be $87.5 million. That's a jump of $5 million, at least uh, based on current projections. It could go higher, could go lower. So we'll say $5 million bump, pretty nice. So that basically means that every team can add a significant player or spend some more money on the expiring contracts. And I know there's several teams that are just champing at the bit to, to get going with a, with a little more flexibility finally coming their way. So that could really in, improve the player movement, but it also see a rise in the, the price tags on some of the players that are out there in UFA land. Yeah, I think what you'll see, um, you know, I, I think maybe you'll see uh, some teams try and take advantage and, and get some extensions under right now, kind of knowing that that's going to bump up. Um, you know, one prime example, you know, is uh, the Penguins and, and Jake Gensel. Um, they have to get him signed. Uh, he's going to cost more, but he shouldn't cost $5 million more. So if they can use just a portion of that and get him under contract, uh, that that's a huge one there. I think another team that can't wait for an extra $5 million is going to be the uh, uh, Minnesota uh, Minnesota with that just ton of burned cap that'll yeah. still be affecting them next year. Uh, they've got, uh, they don't have a ton of players that they need to sign. So that is kind of an upside. Um, you know, just looking over their roster, they'll maybe need a new backup slash starting netminder, depending on what Marc-Andre Fleury decides to do. Um, but yeah, with 14 million of dead cap, they certainly would appreciate uh, an extra five there to spend. Well, and and just beg this just begs the fact that there's going to be some player movement more in the future than maybe right now. So something we can look forward to. But all in all, AJ, uh, a lot of injury news uh, front and center this week. The addition of Patrick Kane to a Detroit lineup that's looking better. Things are looking very positive for a number of teams as uh, things are after the U.S. Thanksgiving. You kind of see who are the the contenders, who are the guys that are dropping off. And we already saw the impact of a couple of trades. I think it just begin. Uh, it just promises that there's going to be much more in terms of transactions that we're going to need to cover. And there's no better place for fantasy hockey fans to to find the answers to those questions and to come back and listen to us. So we'll close the show on that note, and we'll thank you all for listening to RotoWire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. As always, we remind you that we're here to help you with all things relating to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey. So we encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter where you can follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, which you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. So long, everybody. We'll see you next week.